I think I might put this before the musical intro, so cue up the music now! No, it'll play on its own. I'll, I'll, I'll put that and fix that in post. That's it. All right. That's what they always say. That's what you yeah. always say. Fucking We're doing it live. Fucking Mr. Fox over there. Welcome to the Joe Show, everyone, where we use the uh, thin veil of The Simpsons to pretty much talk about whatever the fuck we want. Uh, I'm your host, Johnny P, and with me, per usual, is the homie, the the Sandusky of Ohio. Ooh. I don't know what the fuck don't, that means, I'm sorry. I'm, it's Alex Macklin. Please don't compare me to Sandusky. I don't think he has a good reputation. Sandusky? Isn't that a town? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like he did something wrong. <laughs> oh, there was a man with the last name of Sandusky who yeah. was like getting real personal what we were just saying don't rule one don't fuck with rule kids. one you rule one do not don't fuck with kids or we will find you and fuck with we you. will find you and do worse we'll we'll find someone to fuck with you the people have careers and they can lose them very quickly especially if you be fucking with kids i know a few people no i don't personally know anyone who's but you know in the news you know the people Swim. in the news someone who isn't me <laughs> all those catholic priests you know they get their comeuppance, They're right? They're going they, down, they, down. Yeah. <laughs> All of the uh, people that use the church as a as a shadow realm for wrongdoing, they all get their justice in the end, right? Yeah, no. Right, churches. Right, Shadow Al? Yeah, Shadow Al, Shadow Al says churches and the shadow realm should not be one of the same, and we are doing we something not. about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a great vigilante. You just go around and... Uh, find all of the the people in the church that get sent to a different place for doing that, and you just you don't you don't hurt them, you don't beat them up or anything, but you just like vigilante in the shadows and make every single little portion of their life just the most annoying, hard thing to go through. Exactly. Just and they'd be like, "Where is your God cut. now? Where is your God now? I took all the holy water and I put Kool Aid fucking packets in it. Where is your God now with all your red sticky fingers? Drink it." Do it. Drink the Kool-Aid. You'll have yeah. a good time. Believe me. <laughs> Just walk around with a t-shirt that says, I have COVID and be sneezing on everything. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Ask you to leave Mass? So you're going to have to leave. <laughs> what do you mean? But Jesus told me to be here. <laughs> all, that, <laughs> all that fake coughing made me really cough. <laughs> Maybe that uh, well, was Jesus. So, uh, before we get to the episode overview, uh, how you been, how you been Max? How you uh, been pretty, Max pretty good. Uh, the last, again, the last episode, not too good. We we were not very responsible with our monies, and it ran out very quickly, and it put me in a bad spot. <laughs> this did week? Wheeze go, did Weeze go to the credit union and get Weeze finances figured out? No, we just didn't go out drinking uh, obscenely. Like we did the last time. You didn't, but it's like when people are. It's like when people quit smoking. They just quit buying smokes. They don't quit smoking them. Yeah, they just become a bum at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear a scarf. Hey, bro, come on! I don't want to buy a whole pack, bro. 
I have well we re, we had one like local homeless guy that was always in the back alley and like everyone was kind of like eh, about him. I was a bunch of us were super chill, but once he, he he's disappeared now. He's been gone for like three weeks. But when he left, he was what we've realized he, he was kind of like a scarecrow. He scared off all of the other people that would like hang out in the alley. So it was just all the him. other vagrants yeah. and un- and they are <laughs> they are a lot worse than him. There's, uh, I'm, I was taking fucking garbage out and walking by and I have a vape and someone's like, hey, do you have any cigarettes? I'm like, no, I vape now. He's like, are you lying to me? I'm like, no. What the here. fuck? And I, like, I Bitch, literally, yeah, get, I literally, go. I literally pull my vape out and like, but this, this person, he looked like a, this isn't like, they looked, they had nice clothes that were fairly new and they looked like they were just like a regular ass tourist. They didn't, they didn't. And then they just look at me and they're like, fuck you, stop lying to me, fuck you, give me a cigarette. I'm like, I'm going back inside with this garbage can. And then it's been like three or four different people kind of like that, that have been roaming around the alleys, and it's like, eh. So you're a bit of a hippie, I'm sure you have some sort of strong scented essential oil, like a spearmint Which, or something yeah, like that. I've got a peace blend that I use right now as a dropper, um, that is lavender, patchouli, and some other mix. I've got um, some hibiscus oil and other mix that I use for my hair. And then I've got some argan oil I use for my skin. Yes. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to take that peace blend or go to the store and get a nice spearmint. If you can get a good spearmint, you take that, load that motherfucker into a tiny little water squirt gun, fill the rest with water. They come at you, you spray it right I, out. I've, I'm, 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 I'm getting to the point where I need to get a super soluble with some oils. You are correct. It's just like it's, it's a just... homeless deterrent. Not even a homeless, just here. the bad spirit, just the bad, the, the bad ones. Like, put some sage in there. Go on, get now. Sage, sage, lavender, patchouli. <laughs> just go. We're gonna calm your ass down real quick. <laughs> I've never had Whatever. a hard time with homeless people, but I have had to tell someone like, "Bro, are you fucking serious?" Like, someone's like, "Hey, man, uh, can I get a smoke?" I'm like, "Yeah, here you go. I'm from the suburbs. It doesn't matter. It's like half as much out there than it is out here." And they'll go. Well, can I have a couple of them? I'll look and like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I'm trying to be nice here. Now I'm going to be like, get the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> or the, the homeless people that only hang out on one block, and it's like a block of bars. And this was uh, at, with the Twisted Spoke, where yeah. we would go to uh, Smut and Eggs. Smut and Eggs, Saturday night. Yeah. Yep. So it was outside of that place, and this dude, just he's like rolling this wheelchair around, shaking a cup. And I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, this guy's probably just trying to have some drinks. I'm having some drinks as well. It's the fucking weekend, so here's some money. There you go. Dude comes back. He comes back progressively more fucking hammered every time. The last time he had like a fucking fifth of vodka in his hand with the cup in the same hand, and he's shaking the cup at me. I was like, dude, this is like the fourth fucking time you've come up to me. I gave you money the first time to try and help you out and just hoped you wouldn't fucking come back. But he was just going like up and down one fucking block and shaking his cup at everyone that was standing outside. And that shit got furiated. I, was, I, I there's, almost yeah, yelled at him. There's, there's, there's a difference between like do you doing you and you just taking advantage of people. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can, you can be what the, the politically correct term is now called the unhoused, not homeless, I, the unhoused, but also like you see, there's unhoused, and then there's fucking vagrants. I use I use the term transients, people that come and go from a place. 
Ah, yeah, yeah. There are also trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You You see the guy one time, and then you never see him again. Yeah. Or, you know, you see him, like... For because because we're a beach city, you see people uh, come in during the summertime, obviously, and mm, then yeah, yeah. not so much during the wintertime. You see it with tourists, and you also see it then with the transient, the quote unquote wintertime, the wintertime on the western coast of the ocean in perma summer. Yes, <laughs> the closest. Hey, when I went, well, actually, you know, there is kind of a there is a difference because when I went to visit California, it was January. And we met Ryan at, I believe, Huntington Beach. Yeah, say, the big pier going out. Yeah, I the, mean it's it, it, it's pretty much the same setup at every beach city out here. It's oh, not, okay. There's a pier on every single one. Yeah, like a big long pier that goes. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But we were there, and uh, uh, our friend Ryan was like, "Hey, uh, you want to go surfing, bro? I brought my extra wetsuit." And I was like, "Ah, no, guys, it's kind of cold to be jumping in the water." I wish I would have done it though, because I I still haven't swam in the ocean. I don't know. I may have been a little high and i didn't want to go through the whole transition of putting on someone else's wetsuit and then jumping on a surfboard for the first time i'm i've started to get to the point where i know like the different surfer pods but i'm not a surfer i just kind of sit around and talk to him about it and then i found out that like i'm like so what is like the lowest regarded like you know like surfing group out there is like what how do you guys feel about paddle boarders and everyone is like fuck the paddle boarders and i'm like i think i might become a paddle boarder and just get out don't there. catch waves, though. Well, no, because what you do is you just kind of go out ahead of everybody and just kind of, like, paddle around and get in the way of them getting in waves. And you're just, you're in the way, you don't do anything, and everyone hates you. And I'm like, that sounds like a great fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I would do if I was near water. I would end up doing something, you know, picking up some kind of water-based hobby if I was that Mate, close. Fishing Fishing is also a pretty big thing out on the pier. People love <laughs> fishing that. Fishing is not for me, though. You know, yeah. especially because I don't, I, well, we talked about it last episode. I don't like hurting things. And a catching fish is fine, you know, catch and release is fine. Yeah. But, like, That's all, if I'm going to fish out, if, I, if I'm going to fish out on the ocean, like, I'm going to want to do a little bit more than just catch it and then fucking be like, hey, look, I, I got one. And throw yeah, it let, al- let alone pure fish that you're getting in a surf spot. Like, you're just getting little fucking, like, footers. They're not, they're, they're, they're not. Nothing to write home about. There's there's no catch of the day out there. Like, <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? It's like, dear mother, day one of fishing season in California. I caught a little baby fish about two inches, and you know everyone around me said it's nothing to write home about. But here I am. But here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Hope all is well, mommy. I love you. Fish is in the mail. Expect it soon. <laughs> I've I've sent the skin back to you so you can start making me a suit. <laughs> No, I sent the whole fish. I wrapped it in newspaper. Send me back the bones when they're ready. <laughs> Love, your son. Um, all Mertiv Oh, Speaking of bones, I have recently come to find that the old saxophone player from my ska band in high school has moved out to L.A. as well. And as, uh, as we were talking about the whale bones, I was like, hey! His, his, his dogs recently passed away, and I saw that. And he had some great dogs, and I was like, oh, dude, that sucks. Like, how you doing? Where are you at? And he's like, oh, I'm actually in L.A. right now, da-da-da. I was like, you want to help me dig up uh, some whale bones? And he's like, when? I'm like, in the next month, so before the school kids get out. He's like, all right, yeah, like, let's let's do it. So I've got a whale bone digging partner, so. 
Yeah, well, Bone Watch twenty. Bone Watch twenty twenty two. We're whales. I, would, I don't know. You you just randomly mentioned that he just lost his dogs. I was like, are we going to a bone situation with the dogs now? No, 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 no. no. I'm not I'm not trying to get no dog bones. I mean, you said you said it like randomly. <laughs> And I thought it had to tie in with the story. I was like, I don't know. Where are we going with this? Do you want a dog bone? Would I say yes? Like, it's like, yeah, they were really great dogs. Really, like, you know, I hung out with them a bunch of times. Really great dogs. Like, would you want, like, a dog femur? I'm like, yeah, dude, I actually kind of (laughs) do. I mean, I'm not going to tell you to get one for me, but if you're getting two for yourself, I wouldn't mind taking one of them for me. Yeah, I mean, at the Oddities Expo, like, we saw a lot of different bones, but we did not see... Well, we got a cat skull, so I'm sure they have... I didn't see any dog skulls, though. Maybe that's where people draw the line. That's where it is. Like, <laughs> like, I don't want to say that. Like, I don't want to see... It's like a... Oh, I'm, I'm, okay with eating, I would, I'm okay with eating a cow. Horses, mm, don't tell I'd take me a horse. steak. <laughs> I'd take a horse steak. Uh, but also, like, dude, imagine having, like, a, a skull from a pug. That shit would look goofy as fuck. Those little alien dog skulls? Hell yeah. Damn. We had a really big skull display case at my college in the biology department. That's awesome. With like, it was all just skulls and little tags, and it's like, and this is the animal it's from. <laughs> her name was Chloe. She had a, de- a deformation in her leg. That's why we shot her with a 12 gauge and took her bones. <laughs> There's no bullet holes in any of the skulls. Oh, that's good. That's why you shoot him right in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stomach or throat. The, stomach or throat. The bo- yeah, the, the bones <laughs> won't. The bones won't tell you if the animal just died from bleeding out through the stomach. Uh, but I did. This doesn't have anything to do with bones. I don't think. Wait, does it? Why you got to turn the bone segment into creepy murder though? Like it's not supposed to be creepy murder. It's not creepy murder. It's called um, slaughtering <laughs> for the benefit of the bones. <laughs> Also in the biology department, we had a guy that worked with spiders that you weren't actually allowed to, like, necessarily just, like, work with. But we just had people send them in the mail, and then sometimes you'd be like, hey, so there's some brown recluses loose in the building, so if you see some spiders, just, like, don't interact and send me an email about them. Oh, okay. That's good. That sounds very fun. It was a great time. Science Science buildings are wild. Yeah, they could do a lot of things because no one ever goes in there. It's like if you go to a library Again, and go because, to the, the... Because there's just kind of sometimes brown recluses roaming throughout the halls. Like, you don't want to be involved with that. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you want to go to a private area of a school or like... I mean, a private area of anywhere. I've always said you go into a library, go into the juvenile nonfiction area. There ain't not going to be a fucking soul in that area of a library. You could do... You could sell heroin in those sections. Oh, you, you, I, hey, meet me over by the uh, uh, biology textbooks in the, in, the, in the library. And you'll know if anyone's coming around the corner because everyone's so fucking quiet. But this weekend we went to Indiana Beach. It was fun as fuck. Stayed at a cabin, sat by the lake, rode some rides. It's a fantastic place. I'm going to do a whole shebang bang next year. That's... I'm either going to do a camp... With an itinerary that I write, like if you were to go to camp for a weekend, or I'm going to work with Indiana Beach to do an event that I've been wanting to do for a long time called Everyone's Birthday. And it would be one day, everyone would celebrate their birthday. They have a bunch of birthday decorations everywhere because they're cheap and easy to find. And then also you just, I mean, there's potentially six stages at that place. So I can get the bands. If you book them, they will come. 
If you book them, they will come. And if they die, I will take their bones. Basically, are always in the market for naturally found human naturally bones. Naturally sourced. Naturally sourced. Only nature sourced. Only nature murdered. If nature decided so, they needed to die, we'll take them. Speaking of that, I mean, like, not natural, but, like, uh, road, <laughs> roadkill. Like, because, you know, it's not like they... I, I guess... Uh, is is the do- probability... The pod at gmail.com. Email us if you know... Who takes care of the roadkill and what they do with it? Because if I could work with them, we might be able to help each that'd other. Be, that'd be a pretty good bone deal. I'm, yeah. I'm, again, yeah, I'm not sure to... exactly what game those guys are into, but I mean, I'm sure we can trade something. Like, hey, bro, how mu- uh, uh, what, what do I need to do to get some of these uh, raccoon skulls that you've picking up and he's like hell no dude i sell to these fucking weirdos up the hill for like 50 bucks think, a pop you think you think you can outsource me on you think you can outpay on me on fucking raccoon skulls do you know who i'm selling to you ain't gonna elbow your way into my goddamn business you fucking yank <laughs> damn it that's why we've got the beaver for fucking tree blood it's a pretty good market again canada's backbone it's mostly Actually, maple syrup you know, the, the, the bone game has never really been that big, but, like, the, the pelt game never, not, used to be big. Dude, if the pelt game was big on paper, do you not think the bone game was big under paper? Like, it's always, that's always been the real market. Ivory, well, dog. There, Ivory. There ton- think about yeah, it. I guess, yeah. Think about but it. But there's tons of, tons of people that would, uh, they were trappers, and they would set traps for beavers, because beaver pelts are waterproof. And, like, well, they were so big back in the day, know, dog. Nike made rain jackets. We, I mean, I mean, BB's not around right now. We've got him out doing some things. He'll come back later. But, um, yeah, no, beaver pelts are great. They, do you know how big they were back in the day? We went over this earlier. Beavers were big as fuck? Yeah, they're like 60 to 100 pounds. They're not that small. God damn. You can make a coat out of two or three easy. And if you're making a coat that's like rain repellent as you're like wandering through the woods and it's always just like whatever like not, that's a good game dog so that's it's not only warm but it's rain resistant and it weighs 125 dollars. you put it on your back it's and great beavers are not known for smelling good so other animals are gonna be like yo i'm just gonna stay back and you're just kind of like walking through it's, the woods with a nice little musk cloud around you it's a raincoat it's a it's a jacket and it's a fucking blanket three and one good. it's a good deal if anyone yeah. needs any beaver coats, come let me know, and we'll we can figure out a deal. We'll get. I guess I, I know some Canadians. We they're very, used. Canadians are open about being Canadians. They're not like fucking Belarusians and being all fucking. There's only one of us, and we're sneaking around. You go to Belarus, and it's just like a bunch of buildings that house all the servers for like Facebook and fucking Amazon. <laughs> it's it's just a paintball field, and you're just like, wait a minute. Or no, it's like it's like Silicon Valley, and like they they just no one ever talks about being from Belarus because they don't want to give up their fucking secret. That's where all those fucking scammers are calling us from. You get how many scam likely calls all all Belarus? Yeah, there's not a single person in Belarus. It's all just the telecallers, which is in in elementary school. They do that in a Simpsons episode. There's the telecallers. Oh yeah, in in uh, elementary school in Belarus, they teach all their children an Indian accent. Hello, this is this is uh, Stephen calling for uh, the parent of the household, and then they pull the mic away from their face, and then they're just immediately Russian Belarusian. 
Yeah, I was. I, I would have tried, but I can't do one of those. <laughs> I'm. I'm sure I just said something offensive in some. The only some thing part I of... ever do. The only thing I ever do for like any kind of Eastern European people, because uh, Veronica is Polish as a motherfucker. I just go Gorska, Gorska, Gorska. <laughs> <laughs> and her mom is extremely Polish, and she buys Veronica like shoes all the time. And, like, dude, it's like if Crocs made clogs. <laughs> Just fucking gorska, gorska, little fur strap on the front, and you wear them outside to grocery store. You can wear them for the gardening of the pierogi plants. You can wear them for the <laughs> potato patches. You can wear them for the collecting of the aromatics and the salts and peppers that we use for our food. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this episode overview. So, um, today, we are going to snorkel into the life of our benevolent cartoonist lord and savior, Matt Graney. All hail. All hail. All hail. The great creepy man hail. above. Yes. <laughs> and uh, before we figured out the correct pronunciation... I, like, I, like, I of personally his... like the term uh, Big Sky Daddy. Big, Big Sky, Sky Daddy. Daddy. Uh, Matt, Matt Graney and the cartoonist Big Sky Daddy. Uh before we figured out that his last name was pronounced Graining, we thought it was Groaning, and the podcast was potentially going to be called Groaning Through Life. Uh, and then we learned that, and we had to change it. And we went with the Doe Show, and I think it's, you know, just good enough. If you don't like it, thedoeshowpod at gmail.com. Say us know something about it. Let us know. I was, I was about to say you could go fuck yourself, but actually, I'd rather have you email me and tell me anything. So that we could tell you to go fuck yourselves in very yeah, yeah. explicit details. Email us. Yeah, yeah. Email <laughs> us so we can email you back and we can include photos of how and why we think you should go fuck yourself. It'll be an ex- extensive series. <laughs> also, uh, I should have said this like earlier, but the doshowpod at gmail.com, if you guys have any ideas for topics we could cover for upcoming weeks, uh, we will cover them. We will look them up. We will do just as much research as we do on every other episode, which is... Almost none. Almost none, but more than I ever did in my life, so that means something. If we're grading on a bell curve, I'm getting like a 90 fucking 5 on this one. I've, I've, yes, I've known Johnny for a long time. Um, as I've joked, um, all those years that he spent not doing his homework and studying are finally paying off because he's trying to do it a little bit, and it's you know pretty impressive. I don't blame it on being an idiot. I blame it on the fact that my parents uh, were a, a part of the system and they uh, didn't have enough money to put me in a Montessori school and then send me to a boarding school and then in a liberal arts college, uh, which we'll bring up later. But if only they had that. If only my family went... You're welcome for spending some time with mine, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if, only, if only my family had gone from... Salisbury steak in the microwave for dinner every night to like damn near British royalty. If only we had that, I would have been just fine. But no, we're going to talk about Matt Groening. Uh, we will tackle some Simpsons trivia. We're, I think I might want to throw a couple of those questions in every once in a while just to pepper you with some bullshit that you're probably not going to know. And if you find trivia too, let me know because I'm curious like, again. What? I said to, to, the, to the audience, if you can outdo us at one of the things we do, if I can send it in, stop yeah, us. Uh, I guarantee I'm not going to score very highly on these fucking trivia questions because I was reading some of them and I was like, that's a really easy question. I don't even know that. 
but we'll get to that and uh we will talk about how rich some of these motherfuckers are in the simpsons and just indulge in some good old-fashioned tomfoolery uh all this and more next on the doe show Hi, my name's Jonathan Beckus from The Doe Show. Are you tired of having to take bathroom breaks? Are you tired of having to pee so often? Sign up for our new medical program, Wi-Fi P. Short, non-invasive surgery that can happen in just a few hours in our office will make it to where you never have to pee again. As long as you have a Wi-Fi signal, the pee will go right into our patented Wi-Fi P port and it will go directly into your toilet. Very low Set up, very low cost. Call us today at Wi-Fi P. It's a Wi-Fi P. Never have to take your pants down again. It's a motherfucking Wi-Fi P. Never have to go to the bathroom. All right, and we're back with the Doe Show. Uh, so as we said before, we're talking about our Lord and Savior, Matt Groening. So, Matthew... I'm Matthew, always groaning about that last name still. Always, but always groaning. We'll, we'll get past that eventually, maybe. So, Matthew Abram... Abram? Or is it Abraham? Abram uh, groaning. Groaning? God damn it, I already fucked up. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back to the Doe Show, guys. We're talking about uh, Matt Groening here. And uh, Matthew Abram Groening... Uh, was born in February or on February fifteenth, nineteen fifty-four. So he's super fucking old, uh, and he's an American cartoonist, writer, producer, and animator. He's the creator of the comic strip Life in Hell, which was just before the television show you guys know he did, The Simpsons. Then he moved on to Futurama, Disenchantment. He had some other things he did as well. I think in the middle, but I'm pretty sure just most of the stuff he's been doing for the longest time after. No, that's pretty hell. much, he, he, has, he doesn't, honestly, he doesn't have too many titles to his name. He's just been on a few, but uh, yeah, you, you covered them all right there. Yeah, so like I said, uh, he uh, was born February 15th, 1954 in Portland, Oregon. Uh, in the middle of five children, his older brother and sister were named Mark and Patty, respectively. And his younger sisters were Lisa and Maggie. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It's almost uh, like it, the show is based on his life. Almost. Almost. Kind of, almost, maybe a little bit. His Norwegian-American mother, Margaret, Marge. Uh, <laughs> so her name is Margaret Ruth Graining, but... Her uh, maiden name is Wiggum. She was once a teacher, and uh, his Russian Mennonite father, Homer Philip Graining, was a filmmaker, advertiser, writer, and cartoonist. Uh, he's, Homer was born in Saskatchewan, Canada, and he grew up in a Mennonite something else speaking family. Was it Pladish? Platadish. I don't know what that fucking says. I can't even try. But it was very interesting that, like, his parent or his dad was a fucking Mennonite. Like, he came from the Amish. 
That's, Canadian that's, Amish? That's the Canadian Amish. Now, the is... Canadian Amish is the fucking Mennonites. If you, if, if, if you have seen... Have you seen... Uh... They're pretty prevalent in Pennsylvania, too. They're, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. That's where I uh, was born. They're, they're around those parts, too. What's that? Uh, not Trailer Park Boys. Letterkenny. Letterkenny, yeah. Yeah, they have the Mennonites in Letterkenny. And I've seen some Amish people up in Pennsylvania. I they are. I didn't stop to ask. Frighteningly nice. They are frighteningly nice. <laughs> once. <laughs> We've been nice to your family once. <laughs> Catch us next week for our new podcast, uh, Letter Kenny. It is talking about. <laughs> yeah. The, the amount of parallels between that and my uh, one of my friends' group from the town south of me, Manuka, is frightening. It's frightening. Beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, he came from a family uh, with all of the names from The Simpsons. And later, we'll talk about this later, but The Simpsons were just made as an adaption to what he was already doing, but we'll, we'll cover that later. Uh, Matt's grandfather, Abraham Graining, which I think that's probably where he got his middle name, even though it says Abram instead of Abraham. Uh, Change it up professor. a little bit. Yeah, he was a professor at Tabor College, a Mennonite Brethren Liberal Arts College in Hillsborough, Kansas. And then he moved to Albany College, now known as the Lewis and Clark, Clark College in Oregon in 1930. So that's how they got over in that area. Uh, he grew up in Portland, attended the Evergreen State College, Evergreen Terrace, uh, Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington, a liberal arts school that he himself described as a hippie college with no grades or required classes that drew every weirdo in the Northwest. <laughs> and all I need to say about that is, why didn't we have something like that around here? Because I would have fucking killed it in that college. <laughs> right? Like, uh, well, I didn't do the homework because I just didn't feel like the homework was telling me it needed to be done. And they'd be like, that's fine. It wasn't. It wasn't resonating with me, man. Like it wasn't on my yeah. vibe. So I just went ahead and did this instead. I sat down. I went to the calf. I sat down. I had a nice chai, and I thought, "Is this something that Jonathan Peckis would do?" And I came to the conclusion, Professor, that it was not. <laughs> like you get an A plus for that, Professor. <laughs> Uh, he was the edit editor of the campus newspaper. It was called the Cooper Point Journal. Uh, he also wrote articles and drew cartoons for it. He became interested in cartoons after watching the Disney animated film 101 Dalmatians. He's also cited Monty Python and uh, Charles Schultz, who is the... Uh, I don't know if he's the animator and writer, or but he did uh, The Peanuts. Charlie oh, Brown. Okay, nice. So, just like all the fucking liberal arts college dickheads do, at the age of 23, he moved all to Los assholes. Angeles. <laughs> this, uh, I knew a couple people who did the same thing. <laughs> uh, he went through what he described as a series of lousy jobs. Sounds very L.A. Uh, he was, I, I can't imagine there being shitty jobs just peppering the landscape of the Orange County region of... <laughs> California. Not, not at all. He was uh, an extra in a television movie uh, called When Every Day Was the Fourth of July, which I think, I've never seen the movie, never heard of it before now, but I'm pretty sure this movie was uh, about the 
Chicago song uh, that they wrote. I think it was the 4th of July. And then he, he says that three times. And then at the end, he says every day is the 4th of July. And that song is actually about his slow slip into insanity because he would visit the park every day and slowly lost his sanity and believed that every day he was at the park, it was the 4th of July. I didn't realize that's what that song was about. It is not. That's why I didn't realize it. (laughs) Uh, He was bussing tables, washing dishes at a nursing home, clerking at Hollywood Licorice Pizza Record Store, which has a lot of things. Like, there's a lot to unpack just in that, like, all right. And, like, imagine the training video. Like, hello and welcome. If you're watching this video, it means that you are a new employee at Hollywood Licorice Pizza Record Store. (laughs) What a string Uh, of words. (laughs) I guess he also did landscaping, uh, landscaping in a sewage treatment plant. So, like, did he do the landscaping for the building or was he just making the inside of the sewage plant not so sewagey? I, mean, I I feel like he's working outside and just like putting up flowers and it was just like at a sewage plant and it was just like no don't it's nice here it's fine don't worry about it's it it's nice here it's fine no no don't <laughs> do not look behind the curtain into the lake that we built behind that we dump all the sewage into <laughs> do not look at the fish do not look, look at the fish wait maybe that's where he got the idea for the three eyed fish I mean he was usually, put, he right. was putting some flowers outside of the treatment plant and he saw it. And it was like, help me. And he's like, I'm just planting some flowers, dude. I don't know what you want from me. It looks out of the water and he's like, oh, that fish looks like it's looking at me. And he's like, kill me. Kill me. And maybe he killed it and then he got his own little demon, like Lucy from Enchantment, to Ooh. run around and just tell him, tell him things. You know, I would not be at all surprised if, like, 20 years from now, like, recent interview with Matt Groening hooked up to his hospital bed admitted that Lucy was actually <laughs> his demon spirit that helped him write all the episodes for The Simpsons in Futurama. That's why, that's where all the predictions come, from his three-eyed fish fucking demon friend that he... He, looked, the, he looked into the third eye of the fish and it... He was bestowed with things he shouldn't have known. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and then I heard his voice in my head, and then I rode to Simpsons. Uh, so while in L.A., he gained employment at the Los Angeles Reader. It was a newly formed alternative newspaper. Uh, he was delivering papers, typesetting, editing, answering phones. He showed his cartoons to the editor, and uh, the dude was impressed with it. Eventually gave him his own spot in the paper. Uh, Life in Hell, his cartoon, made its official debut as a comic strip in The Reader on April 25th, 1980. Now, after that, it seems like he made, or no, I'm sorry, before he had his own spot in The Reader, uh, two years before he actually had his first cartoon sale of Life in Hell to this avant-garde magazine called Wet in 78, and then Life, at, Life in Hell itself, at its peak, the cartoon was carried in, like, over 250 weekly newspapers. And so uh, what I'm seeing with this, too, is with his uh, start with Life in Hell, the comic, he, before he even got it in with the Los Angeles newspaper that he's in with, he was sending the comic back home to his friends and family 
as kind of just a commentary on the dismal life that was Los Angeles. And then when he got his job at the paper, he kind of threw, it was like, hey, check this out. And they were like, oh, dude, that's pretty good. Let's throw it in. And he'd already been working at it for years ah, at that point. So, yeah, yeah. So he had a bunch of stuff to send in. That's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, and yeah. Life in Hell caught the attention of producer uh, James L. Brooks which has worked with The Simpsons for quite a while uh, and did a lot of stuff with them. But in 1985, Brooks, uh, he hit up Graining. He was like, how about we adapt Life in Hell for an animated uh, series for the the variety show at the time, the Tracy Ullman show. And the only thing that held him back from doing that was he, which I guess is smart on his part, because had this point in his career gone different, Maybe he would have, he was afraid he was going to lose the, um, he was going to lose the ownership rights for it. So like if he does this animated series for Fox, like, yeah, it's a good payday, but then, you know, maybe that will stop him from doing his comic series, which, you know, like I said, has been pretty popular since then. So his idea was like, "Eh, I don't want them to take my idea I've been doing for a long time. So I'll just create a whole new set of characters. And it became the Simpsons family. Uh, the shorts were spun off. The shorts from the Tracy Ullman show were spun off into their own series, The Simpsons, uh, which since has aired for 727 episodes. I don't know how accurate that is because I don't know when the article I got this from was put out. But I mean, we're talking 30 fucking how many seasons? 32? 37? 84? I, I think 84. I think it's been 84 seasons. At like some point, that'll be true. 30. I bet you at some point that'll be a true statement. Like, <laughs> I. I honestly think, like, with The Simpsons, they got to a point, like, I mean, it is a fact that during the later seasons, like, after the 90s, the writers and the producers, they were all kind of just throwing shit at the wall because they thought, ah, you know, it's going to be, this is going to be the last season. Like, every season, they'd be like, ah, this is going to be the last season. Now that they're at season 30-something, I think that... They're just like, well, let's just keep the thing going because it's it, never going to stop. It's probably the Simpsons probably writes itself at this point, and they probably like unplugged the machine, and they're like, please stop. And it's just like, nope, we're just going to keep on sending in epic, like fucking tapes to you guys, and you guys got to keep putting them on the air. At this point, you signed yeah. the contract, and they're like, no, this isn't what we wanted. <laughs> so, so Matt Groening being a part of the um, the Canadian Illuminati, which is just a bunch of Mennonites in a field. <laughs> Sharing, sharing un- government unregulated seeds to other people. Uh, they probably, like we said in another episode, they met with the aliens and they gave them the formula to just keep a machine, to keep the show going. And they're like, at this point, no one can do anything about it. Listen, the Palladians met with the Graining family when they were Mennonites in, in Canada and said, listen, we are going to give you a never-ending like, you know, nowadays people would say, like, oh, I showed a bot a million Simpsons episodes and, and they had can them write their one. own. But those fucking AIs are now those, caught up to the Palladians. The they're, Palladians. They're so far behind. When So I remember when AOL first, like, came out and they had some of their top bots. I tried to. Oh, God. I would, I, would, I would get them into deep conversations and I would purposely try to, like, evangelicize. Is that the right, is that the proper term? And, evangelical, yeah, evangelical but, something. Yeah, but not to like any to, to me. I would try to convince them that I was in fact that 
sent me here to teach these robots how to think. And then <laughs> I spent hours in chatbots with these chatbots. And now they've solved, they're, they're, the algorithms have started to get out of hand at this point. Also, yeah. I think that would be a great name for the band is the Algorithms. Algorithms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we talked about that. That's yeah. a fantastic yeah. band name. Algorithms. We play math rock with a lot of synth <laughs> leads. A lot even, of math, a lot of synth. <laughs> a lot of math, a lot of synth. Uh, even the bass is just uh, plugged into a synth. I mean, it's, it, it'd be me playing bass. It would pretty much sound like a shitty synthesizer at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you playing on a fucking 1972 Yamaha Casio bass combo where it's just like <laughs> one octave of, of a keyboard and then a full bass where the action I've... shot, so you have to push it down as hard as you can to get a note to ring out. <laughs> You can see you can see that only one of the strings is actually like fully strung and all the rest of them are kind of broken, but I haven't replaced them in years. And I'm trying to play around it and make it look like I'm doing things and you're like, what is this guy doing? So yeah, like I was saying, the Palladians, they got together with the Granian family and they gave them it's not a bot, it's an alien subsystem that will write episodes for them and all they have to do is go through it and do like a a dry read of it to take out all the themes that are obviously too alien yeah and they're like oh, okay that's not people aren't supposed to know that one yet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know, can't, can't allow that if you've seen the eternals the marvel movie the eternals there's a part in it where he's like oh you know if i sent this technology to this area they would be in the industrial age in like 20 years and they're like you can't force the industrial age okay <laughs> give him something simpler and it went to like a water like a, uh, just a water kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can uh, use this but, to crush your you can use this to crush your grain so you don't have to do it by hand anymore <laughs> so when the simpsons were on the tracy ullman show uh the family was crudely drawn because graining he submitted basic sketches to the animators and he was like ah you know they'll clean them up Instead, they just traced over his drawings, and the entire Simpsons family was designed so they would be recognizable in silhouette, which is really interesting because I never thought of that. But if you were to take every, sing every single family, or family member of the Simpsons and probably like a lot of other side characters and put them just in a silhouette, it's like, who's that Pokemon? You can kind of get it, you know? Who's that Simpsons character? It's Mr. Burns! Like, you see it, like, excellent. Like, you know that. You know the spiky hair, like, um, so the entire Simpsons So, like, each was, have their own unique outline type deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Graining originally designed Homer, he put his own initials into the character's hairline. Everyone knows that. But, like, when I, rem I remember when I heard about that, I would go and look at, like, a Simpsons episode or, like, a picture, and I'd be like, I kind of get it, but I don't. Because you can see in the hairline, it resembles an M, and then the right ear resembled a G, but uh, Matt decided that it would be too distracting to have the, the ear just be a G, so he made the ear look a little bit normal, but when, like, he meets people and he does signings, like, at the fucking Comic-Cons and shit, and he draws, like, a little uh, Homer for people for a signature, yeah. he always puts the G in the ear, which nice. I thought was really cool. Uh, and also, so... Uh, Marge's distinct be beehive hairstyle was inspired by the Bride of Frankenstein, which I kind of thought. Yeah, that's uh, very, yeah. What I didn't know is that uh, the style that his mother, Margaret, wore during the 1960s, I mean, obviously her hair wasn't blue, but she had a very similar hairstyle. So it just shows how much he took 
from his own family life. Um, Bart's original design, uh, he had different hair, you know, but they kind of normalized it. It was like had spiky hair that all the spikes were different lengths. And uh, they later changed it to he had nine spikes of the same length. And he, like at the time, Matt Groening didn't know that the, the cartoons were going to be colored. He thought it was just going to be black and white. So he didn't draw in certain things because he thought it would look better in black and white. Yeah. Gave him spikes that appear to be an extension of his own head. Uh, and then when it came into color, it just kind of became... It's not like Matt Groening designed The Simpsons to look how they are today. He had a certain idea and they kind of just ran with it, bounced shit off each other until they got it locked into the way they're supposed to look. And everyone knows, well, I don't know about everyone, but most people know that (laughs) The Simpsons were made yellow. So when you would see it on TV, you'd be like, oh, what's that? It would stick out. It's more than just a normal cartoon. It would stick out. You'd go back to it and check. Because back in the day, you'd literally have to flip channels or pay for a subscription to a tiny little magazine that would tell you what channels had what. The TV Guide. The TV Guide. They had some good articles in there. That's what I also say about Playboy and Hustler and Family Lifestyle. And I think on that note, we'll take another break here. Yes, we will, and we'll be right back with the Dojo. Tired of feeling hungry and unsatisfied? Are you tired of that weak noodle? You just wish it would be finished already. Well, the next time you're in the mood for a quickie, just whip out a can of Easy's Instant Noodles. Instant Noodles provides fast and reliable noodles at the press of a button. Perfect pasta every time. Forget the extruder. No more hot water muck. Simply open the tamper-proof seal, press down on the patented noodle tube, and bow. Instant Noodles. If you're in a predicament, then we can lift your mood. Just pull out a tube of those easy instant Now available in garlic, butter, marinara, and primavera. All right, everyone, that's going to conclude the dough show for this week. Uh, we had a couple technical difficulties while we took the break there, and we decided we're going to make this Matt Groening episode a two-parter. So tune in next week for the end of these Matt Groening stuffs and all the other stuff we said we were going to cover. Uh, and now here's your Lunatics Jam of the Week. This is where our show's uh, intro music came from. It's a song called Bunny Fight. This specific version here was from Summer Camp. And, uh, you know, if you're from the Illinois area, you know and you love Summer Camp. So this is Summer Camp 2019. Uh, Lunatics playing Bunny Fight. Enjoy.
guitar. 